Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 212 of the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, my guest today is, um, well, I'll go CJ. Is that better? Yeah, that works. Chris James goes by CJ, um, owner of One Up Arcade and Pub in Plattsburgh. Um, a little housekeeping. Chris walks in. He said this is his first podcast, and I said that they all are worse than this one. It was kind of being tongue-in-cheek because we just moved office spaces, and... We're actually in my new office that Chris helped me take the couch down off the table. So you can tell that this has not been used yet. Freshly so it's a lovely couch, by the way. Lovely couch. Same couch as before. Um, but we will have a dedicated podcast studio currently not in there right this second, but will be hopefully within the month. Um, so this is kind of like an under construction podcast, a lot going on. So we kind of found the one of the quieter spots of the building, but I think we'll be fine. It yeah, it's super quiet in here, super nice, um, really great space. It feels warm and inviting, even with no pictures on the wall. Yes. Uh, at least the couch matches the wainscoting on the side, and that's it. It's a it's a safe space. That's that's what I was going for. So perfect, I, I like that. And uh, so CJ, for people that do not know who you are, um, who are you? How'd you get to uh, be the owner of One Up Arcade and Pub? Uh, disclaimer: So my wife is the owner. Uh, I'm in the kitchen making French fries, things of that nature. But uh, so I we started out. Jill and I met back in 1998, um, always been kind of a large child. So throughout the years, I've been collecting arcade cabinets. And I don't know if you know anything about arcade cabinets, but they're, they're not small. So there becomes a point where you can only fit so many in your house before you have to like make a decision either to get rid of them or do something with them. So the idea was to open up a, a, a pub, a, a restaurant, an arcade kind of combination. Uh, so we signed a lease in December of 2018 at 22 Brinkerhoff and began to work on that location. It was the previous location of SIP. Uh, Kyle and Dean were in that space. And we started to do all the work, um, wanted to do something different, something more fun, tired of the reports, the paperwork, the things with working for somebody else that you have, you know, you're looking at being a nine to five scenario where this was something that was more passionate. Also, our son Lucas turned 18 this year. Uh, our, he's on the autism spectrum, so it was nice to be able to provide a safe environment for him to work at and to start a family business to be able to like to try. So at the end of the day, we would be together and also building something for the future that we'd hoped that everyone else in the area would begin to enjoy as well. So I guess what was the uh, was it just your love of games that was what kind of drew you out? To make this kind of bar? Well, I, I mean, that and food. Like, I really like food as well. Um, being able to have access to, you know, video games and food. I mean, it's a 
it's like if you went in there, it would be my ideal bedroom if I would have had unlimited income at the age of fourteen. Okay. Like that's really what that's really what the pub is. Giant full, artwork. Full kitchen, yeah. yeah, full kitchen. <laughs> um, you know, TVs on, games in there, uh, French fries, milkshakes. I mean, it's it's literally the dream of a fourteen year old. So I was gonna say, this is kind of like you living vicariously as a, your fourteen year old, but now in your older self, and says like, listen, I can actually financially do this, and and legally do this yeah now we're above 18 so yep. um now when you talk like games they, they're called cabinets yeah we got it's arcade cabinets so i mean I, i'm assuming that's the game itself yeah 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 so that's the it's the structure so that's what way 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 back before before the internet before everything else the, the way that these games were put out to society was through an actual location kind of like how movies were dispersed through the movie theater right so now everything i mean you can play unlimited amount of games on your phone, but yet there's still something different uh, about being able to walk in and hearing the sounds and the lights of the arcade cabinets. So they used a, a CRT type television, which is very big, very heavy, like you probably had in your parents' or grandparents' house. And these were put into location. There were several of them. Ironically, there was an arcade right down the road in, um, on Brinkerhof originally that was there decades ago. And so we're three doors down from that location. What happened was, was like anything else, they started to be phased out with other things or people were entertaining themselves with the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis as systems were made available for household ones. Yeah, yeah. And then, so these things became more readily available for a while. Uh, we've been kind of searching and collecting them since early 2000. So we would find them not working we'd bring them back to life and then you know they they kind of were considered obsolete because then redemption games became more popular in the industry to where you you know you'd get your tickets and then you'd go to the to the back of the arcade and you'd exchange them for some kind of gift and so your traditional coin fed games kind of went to the wayside so we would purchase those and uh, collect them at first you know it was fun to work on them and bring them back to life and then it like i said it turned into like having one or two was acceptable then next thing you know you've got 18 of them what do you do with them right so when you talk about bringing them back to life like what's the extent of that it's basically i mean these are like dead these things that won't turn on some are some are fine some some are like if you were to read back through you'd find that they were never designed to last 30 40 years so i've got arcade cabinets in there that are from 1979 that are working sometimes we can do replace the capacitors on the board. That's what stores the electricity in the board to allow the picture to be shown. There's other portions where we're able to fix it and bring it back. Um, sometimes that's not possible. So we replace the screen with like an LCD screen uh, to show the video. But for the most part, we try to restore them back to their original hmm. form. Um, and I get like, where did you learn how to do that? Is that just like, did you get that background or is that something uh, you learned? Like, is that like a YouTube video you watched? Or uh, well, no, no it, <laughs> like I said, it predates. So growing up, uh, we, we didn't have a, a lot of money. So when we broke something, we had, we had to fix it before mom and dad got home. So that's yeah. where a lot of it came out of necessity of not wanting to get in trouble. So, and then curiosity. So like, right. So go to yard sales and buy a radio. That's like two bucks. And then dad says, go ahead. And this is yours to do with what you wish. And then I was taking one part to see like, how does this work? Like, where is the solder points? How do I increase the amps? How do I make it louder? How do I add another speaker? So it was just trial and error for it. And then obviously later on in life, there was going to school for degrees and such. Um, so I do have a background in engineering. I have a 
engineering degree, a bachelor's degree in that, but that's not like it, the two combined together in order to find something that was of interest, but it that's came, so cool. fr- yeah, it came from just like trial and error, you know? Um, so, no, I, I just think that's like when you hear like people bring them back to life and, and, uh, it's a very like niche thing, you know, it's not like, uh, everybody's got these lying around that people just know how to fix them. So, right. It, I mean, it's just cool to see. I, like I went to, uh, I've been to two different ones in other cities. One was called Barcade. Yeah. yeah. Is <laughs> that, now is that a franchise? Yeah. That's the, so that's trademark. So interesting story. So, okay. Not knowing anything about opening a business, um, few years back with the, the original article that ran was with the press Republican and our landlord, Pete, he was like, I, you know, the press Republican really wants to do an article with you. This is back in 2019. So me just being a complete moron for a, a time <laughs> being, I was like, I'm thinking, okay, it's the paper. Like how many people are getting the paper completely forgetting about the fact that it has a complete online presence. Right. Yeah. So I, I do this and I'm, I'm, I'm having the conversation with the lady that's writing it and she references it as barcade. And I said, that's a trademark name that they have, but it's a chain of them down in New York city. So I'm like, you can't use that terminology. I mean, you can say it. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that this doesn't work, but what happened with the press Republican is that they ran the article and they used that name and then no exaggeration. The next day they got a cease and desist letter from barcade in, in the city. So wow. yeah, I, I mean, it's a common thing. It's a pretty simplistic thing. You know, you take the letter B and you put it in front of arcade. I mean, it's, yep. but yeah, it's trademarked to theirs. Um, but it's been kind of like the common thing. It's like the crescent wrench, right? So it's an adjustable wrench is the name of it, but everybody calls it crescent and crescent yeah. is the brand. So yeah, that's how that works with, with, um, so, so if anybody's been to a barcade, I mean, it's the same exact thing, but it's like, like, I mean, the same concept is you got the games. I, I mean, I don't, and I actually, I don't, I don't think they have food at Barclay. No, that's where ours differs. I was going to say, yeah. I, I've been to a lot of them as well. Uh, there's a great place over in Burlington called the Archives where they have games, uh, pinball machines, but they're pretty much just drinks. I mean, I think they have cheese and crackers or something like that. But we uh, had envisioned it. To be honest, the idea was to be able to open up a restaurant without the pressure behind it, right? So if you have the arcade games, you're distracted when you go in there and then if the food's quality, it's like a surprise or a bonus. So we always envision like combining the two things, because if you remember back in the day with arcades, like the big no, no's was no food, no drinks. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I have pedestals next to each arcade cabinet where you can bring your drink over and play the game. So it was the whole defying the, the, the rules that were set up as us as kids. Um, yeah. Well, like I said, both times, one of the ones I went in was in Massachusetts, and I don't think it was called Barcade. It was something different, but the uh, same thing. Like you went late in the night, and there was drinks kind of getting thrown around. So I think that that's like I said, the rule has been broken, which is probably a good rule nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, now, do you think, I've, like, when most of these games came out, you said late seventies into the eighties? I mean, that's like when it was the first original games came out then so i have games i have new games all the way up to 2017 i have a silver strike bowling that's that's in there that's popular but just trying to have more of the older games from the 80s 90s 2000s in that range because well i gotta think like a lot of stuff you see like people always talk like fashion comes back in cycles it comes back in like a you know full full uh full circle but i think was it every 20 30 years but if you think about that that's like when kids Younger people grow up and then have kids and then kind of like repeat that. Um, and I think the this thing is the same with um, like you just saw like Pokemon cards really start to take off again. And that, mm-hmm. you know, 
when I was a kid, that was when the original Pokemon cards started to come out. It was when that first wave and they got banned from all the schools because all the kids would trade them. But now it's like full circle. So those are now like collector's items. Like this right. obviously probably has done almost two cycles, but really a big cycle because like, you know, again, your generation that grew up playing these games or soon after, you know, um, you know, I find that you take like, I still love Nintendo 64. Like that was just my right. childhood. Um, and you had some before that, like I kind of knew, but they were, you know, I was born in the late eighties. So like for me N 64, like you can get all the, the new bells and whistle games out there. Like I still want N 64. I still want to play yeah. Mario Kart. So yeah, I think yeah. you get that nostalgia aspect, um, which I'm assuming is like the, a major target market. Plus obviously kids going in and looking at it. Cause I think vintage is starting to come back and retro stuff and people are, um, you know, from a younger generation looking at that stuff and probably thinking that it's like cool, new, and then they realize it's 40 years old. Yeah, yeah. So we have, the thing is, is what it does is it, it jars memories and it's very, in a good way, emotional for people to be like, I remember that. So I remember going into the arcade and you have a story of uh, my dad used to bring me, my uncle used to bring me, my sister used to bring me. And some of those things, like the, the shooting games that we have now, like Area 51, is super popular. People just like to come in and do that or play Ms. Pac-Man or Galaga and have the joystick as opposed to, you know, yeah. the thumb, the, the paddle. So there's room for all of it. And what it does is it, it allows for places like we're 100% kid-friendly. So at all times that we're open. And it's nice to be able to have, as a parent, when you have a kid, and you go out to a restaurant. There's this like anxiety of like you got to sit there and be quiet. Yeah. No, don't don't I, don't do that. I'm Just, living it right now. Yeah. yeah. So, but you come to our place, no one, I mean, no one's gonna bat an eye. Your kid can run around, start slapping around the Miss Pac-Man buttons, and like that's just what it's there for. Uh, we have a, a bunch of table games that are free. Like whether it's I've got I've got a 1978 Hungry Hungry Hippo that takes a pounding, and like it's it's just strong, right? So people love it. They come in there, anything from. Six-year-olds playing to like forty-five-year-olds that are playing, oh, like so. It, it's just all that stuff's there <laughs> to be able to have a cool place to hang out. And what, what? What? So, and I know I was like reading. You know, obviously you have a lot of games. You put what? What? Probably ten to twelve out at a time. Yeah, there's like thirteen out there right now. That we I rotated them out each month. I try to like switch some games out because the space is limited currently mm -hmm. for that. And to not be stagnant with the titles, I'm conscious about trying to move things out. Well, I, th I think it It also, there's something about the limited aspect too when it comes out, like kind of like seasonal or like, hey, I'm going to put this like, uh, you know, whether it's a sports game or whether it's like maybe, I don't know, do you have Duck Hunter? Uh, we have, we have uh duck hunt. Yeah, we have a, uh, I haven't put it in yet, but we. we but if you like during hunting season, like, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Get, like I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but like you get like ones where I think that people would. It's almost like having a certain flavor or a certain coffee at like a, a like only a seasonal thing. Like I think people would come purely because like they only get it in this maybe the fall. You know, Which we and you're 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 hundred percent right because that's what I've done. So like and there's one spot. Have you been into to the establishment? I, I've I've walked by it. The my assistant Jen, she's been a couple times and like raves about it. Nah, like cool. I know the concept of it. And I've seen it from the outside. I I have three young children, so I don't get out. That's what I'm saying. Right. I'm living with the. Uh, How I'm, old? How old are your kids? Uh, my oldest is going to turn five in a, on Christmas Day. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're all little, little, little people. But uh, he probably would go there because he, at this point, he could probably hang enough to hit the buttons and stuff. Well, so. we've got uh, we're conscious of it. Like I said, we're like funny part is when we open this up, like you, you have these ideas about a business, and there's all kinds of things you can look at, and you can get help, and you can get advice. But one of the things that we've struggled with is getting the word out that we are 100% kid friendly because I think from whatever predeceived 
or notion that people had was that, okay, it's a bar. Like it's a, they're looking for it's 21 and up. Like we still get those questions after being open for nearly seven months of, of that. So we have the step stools in there for the little guys like yours that yep. we can get them up to where they, they can see the screen and everything. Well, I was going to say, and I'm guessing based on the name, like arcade and pub, the arcades, the forefront pub is kind of the secondary. Yeah. And again, marketing or from a, well, like disclosing, like if I was to advise you and uh, we were to open up a, like another place or do it again, I think I would just call it restaurant. (laughs) And then when people came in, they would be like, Oh wow, you got arcade cabs. But at the same time, it was finding our footing on that and the arcade part. Um, yeah, it's just in the naming. I mean, I, I think it could be just one up after a while we do get, we're at the arcade bar or something. People just call it different things. Yeah. Um, and, but the, the, the ability to have the kids in there is really like the fun part to see them running around. And when you said, um, like your son works there and who else, I mean, is it mostly family that that you guys? Yep. Yep. So it's, part? uh, it's my wife and I, um, are there all the time, all the open hours. And then, then, then more. Uh, I was just over there, you know, cleaning out the fryers today before yeah. I came over here. Yeah. So, but it's part of, it's, it's great. I like, I do, I, I love it. It's, it's where I want to be. It's doing what I want to do. Uh, but yeah, right now we're, our occupancy is 49. That's mm-hmm. where we're at. Um, we did have outdoor seating when that was available during the duration, uh, ended in October. So now that we're down to that smaller space, I mean, when we're really busy, Friday nights, um, Saturdays, I probably have like six people on staff. So I have a couple of servers and a couple of guys in the kitchen that work with us as well. Um, so, I mean, obviously the family aspect of the business, but like when you talked about originally you weren't doing that, you were working, you were an employee doing, doing, you know, you said it was like sales, right? Well, well it was a combination. So it was uh, worked for a company that did turbo blowers primarily for wastewater treatment facilities. So I traveled for the job, traveled all over the U.S. and went to wastewater plants and did analysis and then went to engineering firms and trained engineers and gave presentations and lectures on the equipment. So it was sort of a technical sales, if you will. Um, but yeah, that what also led me to be exposed to all these other places that are doing similar things all over the country. And, you know, always liked the idea of going into a town and finding whatever is like local, like what's the fun local thing to do anytime I was traveling. I mean, to try to stay away from the chains, you know what I mean? To try to get exposure to something new. So that and, was and what what got like again, what what got you out of that to open this? Was it just more of like I'm just tired of traveling and just want to do my own thing? Yeah, I mean it was the the combination of doing something in the typical manufacturing structure of the hierarchy and you have all these other people that are brought in and different, I mean, it was a, it's a large company. They, they have multiple offices. They, you know, you don't, you have someone that you're working with and then three months later they're gone and there's no control over it. And so that type of stuff. And then also it it was just time to try and do something else. And it was the idea that it it would just be more fun. It's a lot more work, mm-hmm. so much more. I mean, you know, yeah. you know the work that goes into it. Yeah. Um, the the allure is to be like, oh, I I want to do all these things and have all these nice things and go on these vacations. But I say, well, like I want to work Monday through Friday, like yeah. eight to five, which isn't realistic in our lines of work. But it, it's worth it. Uh, no, absolutely. I mean, um, I, I think. When, when you uh, when you look at a small business, I think people see the hours of operation. And you think like you just walk in, like oh, CJ's just there, and he's 
he's cooking burgers and it like walks out the door at nine when it closes or whatever, or 10, you know, it's like, you know, you got to look at all the stuff that's put in. And like, I was here till almost midnight last night painting. Like I've been doing right. that for about three weeks. And right. like, nobody's going to see that. No, and like, but that's no. the stuff that you come in like, Oh my God, this looks great. And like, it does. But you got to realize like behind the scenes of small businesses is people. And the people are the ones that just like grind it out. And like you redoing the whole space and you know, nobody's changing those games out. And if you're changing out with the cabinets, you're changing those out. That's not like a snap your finger and it's done. That's a no, process. No. So uh, it's like, you know, if you just look at that and you're doing that once a month, like that's, that's a few hours of you moving stuff around and people just walk in like, Oh my God, I got a new game, but they don't see the, like, and that's a small example. But like, as you know, like in the whole grand scheme of it, that's something you do here and there, but that just takes time. And that's yeah. one aspect of your job. And I think, uh, I guess a question to ask you, and I've asked this a lot of people that have gone from, you know, employer working for somebody to <clears throat> out on their own. Like, what's the biggest, um, like, what's the biggest thing you had to overcome, or the biggest learning curve, or something new that like really sticks out that you had you didn't expect before when you opened? Yeah, I guess it would have to be the way the dynamic changes with, like you had said, the idea of what others think of you mm-hmm. in that new role that you have. So if you're a business owner that's associated with must be nice, or you've got all this time and money now you can do these things or being able to understand that the amount of hours that we put in. So for my wife and I, for example, if on Fridays and Saturdays, we're open from noon till 1230 AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a 12 and a half hour day just being open. So there's another three hours associated with that yeah, each day. It. So, I mean, you're talking like we're, we're doing, like 54 hours in the course of four days. And that's just with the actual restaurant business, right? So a lot of people here can relate to that. But then, like you said, I'm <laughs> about the arcade cabinets. They're not light. So I'm, I'm taking years off my father-in-law's life by having him going around and moving these cabs all around. But you, you, you have to do it. And there's an enjoyment to it because one, they come up for sale every once in a while. So you have to, you know, strike when, when it's available. Cause mm-hmm. it's not like you can run to Walmart and get these things. Yep. And then also, there's a direct correlation with people wanting to do something like a little bit different. I mean, if you have, if we had a space that allowed for 40 games, you have more leniency on how often they get changed out versus having 12. Right. So they say, Oh, it's the same games that were in there six months ago, but we do that same very thing that you were talking about earlier where I had NBA jam in, uh, was during basketball season and then once basketball season ended i brought in a golden tee game and now we have nfl blitz in for football so it's doing those things to try to stay relevant and to give some people you know something different to do or different to look at when they're there the other thing that i would say that is different from what we went into it and expected was that you you have the best intentions or the best idea but it just the change that happens into being able to adapt. Like for example, we had a couple weeks ago, we had a, an issue with our paperwork filing for the liquor license or tavern yep. license that we have. Yep. Um, so that was something where we're six months into operating. Things are really, really doing well about the week before Thanksgiving, or I'm, I'm sorry, before Halloween. And what happened with us was that you have these ideas of like what it's going to be. And it wasn't in the beginning. It wasn't the people coming out like we thought, for example, maybe with the college crowd, we'd have more people coming in and playing games and things of that nature. And also the fact that it was a bar, it took us out of the running for birthday parties and for kids. So we've had to do a lot to advertise that we're actually the opposite of that. With the tavern license being 
kind of disapproved for a time being, that was a, an eye opener of what are we going to do? Cause I mean, there's, we, we feel like we have a quality product and it was, do we pivot? What are we going to do to, till we get this straightened out? And thankfully it happened at a point where we have like a following, like it's a small following, but it's still pretty powerful. Yeah. And, loyal. yeah. Yep. and they, they, they want to see it succeed. Not just, not just people, but we've, we've gotten a, a an unbelievable amount of support from other local businesses like the guys from SIP, the Twisted Carrot, Hobies have all been like huge proponents and helping us out and like just support, which has been great in a, in a small community to see that. So um, learning those things was probably the biggest difference and challenge that we've had since we've opened. Um, yeah. Well, it's, like I said, you, you get, you think of like the liquor license and you start getting into all the, you know, the red tape and stuff that business, you know, that you deal with, with the, just whether it's government state, you know, mm-hmm. um, licensing, we, you know, we have it in our business too. And it's always, it's not like the sexy stuff. It's not the fun stuff, it's right. just, but legally it's like, okay, this has to be done. And, um, you know, you'd much rather be sitting there like serving drinks and chit chatting with, with, you know, the clientele than, than that. But it, again, it, you, you go full circle when you look at, um, you know, even down to, Hey, doing bookkeeping at night or ordering or, you yeah. know, just filing and like just cleaning, like all these crazy things that come up and it's like, yeah, Oh yeah. Someone does have to do that. Right. And so now what about your, um, now your wife, when she joined or you guys started this, like what was her background prior? Did she have- nurse? She was a nurse. Okay. Uh, so in, done both done practicing what you're doing. Uh, yeah. So the other thing is, is that throughout the years on the side, we've always like, we've hosted all kinds of parties. Like the whole, the whole thing about the art, like I've always gone probably above and beyond and spent more time and money on things that most people wouldn't do. Right. So, uh, I can remember back, uh, we ended up, this was like eight or nine years ago. We uh, were looking to do a graduation party for Danielle, um, Danielle Talley. I think you, Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Very so, well. yep. so, uh, she's an acupuncturist here in town and also my wife's cousin. So, um, so she was graduating from acupuncture school and was looking to have a graduation party. So we were looking to get a, a tent and then another friend of ours who was going into nursing school, she was looking to have a graduation party later on in the summer. So we ended up like, I bought this 20 by 30 party tent. And so we've, (laughs) we've been the people that have hosted parties and like cooked things. And like Jill's a fantastic baker and we've just, we've cooked, we've cooked for years before we ever owned a restaurant. And it was just, we liked entertaining. We liked having people around. We liked the fun that's associated with it, the stories afterwards. So, um, but at the same time you have, you have bills and things you have to do. So yes, she worked, we both worked at Wyeth, um, Decades ago. Rouse's Point or yeah, Chasing? Yeah, Rouse's Point. Okay. And um, so lifetimes ago, we worked there. And we didn't meet there. We met before that. But we got into to Wyeth. And like back then, it was, that was it. You Huge. were set. You were set. Yeah. Right? You, oh, I know you, a lot of people that worked there. Yeah. yeah. So you got into Wyeth. You were good. Like that was it. You're going to retire from there. All kinds of money. And then boom, the rugs pulled out from underneath us. 05, 06, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 07. We're, we're back to square one, right? So you go from doing really well to back to looking at a minimum wage job, which we did. We did. We went back. We honed our education and went back into it. She went into nursing. Um, I got my engineering degree, went back to school, got a degree in psychology because I had realized at that point that no matter what I was going to do, there was always going to be people involved. So that idea of like being able to understand and work better in that dynamic was something that I felt to be important. So 
went back into that. I went into manufacturing and um, that type of work. I, I worked around. I did some contracting work and things like that. But it was always the fact of like people commented on, you know, so much fun when you guys do this stuff like these. Not, and not, it's not like they were like wild parties either. They were family parties. There was a, like a whole range of them. So and buying the games and like watching movies and doing karaoke and all that stuff was super, super fun and appealing to us. And like, we're super fortunate because a lot of people don't get the opportunity to even try to, you know, do something that they've dreamed about, um, let alone be kind of okay at it. Right. So, I mean, we're doing okay and we're, we're presenting something that we feel comfortable in and we have a safe place for other people to be. So we, changed careers drastically but it also was like not a change in a way because of dealing with new people all the time um with all the kids we get now it's very comfortable for jill to she worked at um, mountain view pediatrics for years um oh, okay. and then before that she did family practice and then before that she was at a nursing home so she's seen all ranges of the spectrum of it when you know it comes to health and things like that nature so there's there's a lot of um kids that come in and are like happy to see Jill and are very, she's very, she's fantastic with kids. So that's a, another dynamic that's been great for our business. Uh, no, that that's, that's awesome. So, um, and again, I guess, was it kind of like a decision, like all in, you guys were just gung ho together? Or do you, do yeah. one of you have to be talked into it or was it kind of no, like, no, I mean, well, I mean, it's talked into, but like I, I, I took a, I decided to, like not just burn the bridge to blow up the bridge. Right. So, I mean, the, the can't, you got to, for me personally, I, I needed to not have that safety net. Like you need to yep. make this work. Yep. You need to make this work. Um, Feet to the fire. Yeah. Not, not going to be able to go back to anything. And to be honest with you, it's not something that you can realistically do part-time, not, not the amount of stuff that has to go into it. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot, especially when you're starting up and you're, you're learning about all these things and you have like, things go wrong like you have a refrigerator break and then you know you learn about all this stuff but it was definitely something where um you know jill got done first and i think it was back in march or april and then i followed suit in april because it was just it was a lot on her this was before we were even open just trying to get everything open and trying to do everything and you know like again your expectations of what you want to do with the business versus what the business is actually going to do and how you have to respond to it. it's completely different mm -hmm. so we were going through all those struggles as well and then it was just about like if this is going to work we got to put everything into it you know what i mean so that's where that's where we are and thankfully you know having luke our son who's there working and helping out and you know being a part of it it makes it easier but we're we're there we're on our feet the whole entire time, you know, cooking and serving and, but it's, you know, I got it good at the same time. Like I'm, I'm, I'm eating a sandwich, watching cartoons too. So, I mean, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not really like struggling. Well, I think I, and that's one thing you, you guys play stuff on TV. That's also nostalgic, not just the arcade games. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the whole, like, I mean, right now it's, we're inundated with Christmas movies. I mean, my wife, get, <laughs> my wife gets in there and they're like, there's the one TV is for one TV we have for movies and shows another tv we have that's hooked up to spectrum for games like football games or whatever's going on that people want to see world cup whatever and then i have another tv that where we do trivia we have a it's a it's called tap tv that we run all the time it's a free 
uh, trivia that you you download the app on your phone again completely free and then you you play not just in the bar but against other bars all over the nation so and then it ranks the person and everything so yeah but we have other things on there to where it like it jogs like memories that's the whole like thing of being in there is that we put this stuff on and like someone comes in and they're like then it jogs their memory and then they're like oh i remember blah, 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 and then they go off on a tangent on this yeah. and they see it and they love it well i was uh, i mean i was listening to a, a song the other day and I, this probably has happened to you too you hear like a song you haven't heard in like 15 20 years and you know the whole song like yeah. i haven't yep. heard this song and, and it's just funny how things like clue you in but same thing with tv you'll, all of a sudden you'll hear like the intro to a show and you're like oh my god i remember all these characters and like a flashback just comes like like way back in the memory bank everything just jumps out but um so what game or games is like the holy grail game that you you want to get? Do you already have it or is there one that you really have your eyes on? Uh, no, I mean, some of them I do have and then there's others that I, I don't have. So like right now, like a punch out or super punch out is like super nostalgic for me. I just love okay. the game. Um, it had the two screens where it had you boxing, you know, you had the... Your character was this, was this Mike Tyson's? No, see, Mike Tyson's was what went to the home console, so that's where they shrinked it down. Like the punch out, it's the same game and same okay. characters, but instead of being like the little dude, you were this drawn in like yeah, you could see like your shadow, yeah. not your shadow, but you could yeah. see like the 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 like the line diagram. Yeah, it, it, was, it was almost, green. It was almost like a ghost. Yeah, it was almost like a ghost, yeah, yeah. and then the the Mike Tyson's punch out is what was ported to the the home consoles. So it had Little Mac, right? It's little Little Mac. What, what was that on? Was that on the Sega? Or was it was that on, on Nintendo. Nintendo. Nintendo, yeah. Um. Okay, so that's that's your top one right now that you have that you're excited about. No, that I would like to get. Like, so oh, you don't have that. Gotcha. I don't have that. I gotcha. don't have that one. Um, the four player original Gauntlet is another one that I'd like to get. Uh, the there's some racing games. Uh, a couple of play. I have like one of the ones that's a holy grail for me was uh, that I have in there now is Ultimate Mortal Kombat three. That's a, a yeah. Huge, like I'm a huge, huge Mortal Kombat fan. That's such a classic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm like so beyond nerdy about it because I, like I built a, a from scratch. I have at my house a Mortal Kombat ten arcade cabinet that I, I put a Xbox One in and like I got the artwork from a guy from Italy and I built the whole thing from scratch and you can play like wow. Yeah. So it and my my son and my mother in law, if you go in there right above the Ultimate Mortal Kombat, there's the the Mortal Kombat dragon that they painted. So I have that hanging in there. So yeah, that's that's one of the ones that I'm finally able to acquire after like decades of like trying to get it. So that's one that I'm really proud of. Um the centipede cocktail table is super fun. Um, Wait, which one's that? So it's the centipede is one where the, the little guys come from the top to the bottom. They go left to right. And you oh, have yes, the, yes. Yeah. And you have like the spiders that go. That's super popular. Uh, the bowling game that we just put in, the, the Silver Strike, that's that's really like addicting and fun. But Silver Strike is a newer one? Yeah, newer. The, it came out. It's a... Uh, uh, IT technologies. It's they do like the golden tea and the the bags. Because I played golden tea. Yeah. And golden tea is very popular on the world. And that's, that's, yeah. That always seems like it's in random bars. Yeah. Not like in a yep. bar. Not like a bar restaurant kind of thing. But you know, just be in a bar and it'll be by itself in the corner. Yep. And that yep. one's fun. Yeah. Um, so that that's all like a newer version. They're kind of bringing them back because it still has the graphics of like the old, like kind of the old school graphics. A yeah. Bit. Each year they come out with those. It's like Madden for for bars, right? So Madden football or yep. whatever. So every year there's a new golden tee that's released by this company, and they they get more courses. And then they went from the one that I have is a 2005, I think, golden tee, 
and now the ones that they have, they're just like a pedestal that you hook up to like a 50 inch TV and okay. or whatever size TV you want. And it has online capabilities and you can play with a friend or stranger in Florida that, that's it's connected online. Um, like the games, and again, a lot of, I saw a lot of these games secondhand. Right. Like, I mean, I saw, you know, like could be like mid nineties you know, they're still around here and there and you know, like pinball I love, but you get a uh, Pac-Man, obviously classic like NBA jam. I yep. love yep. Um, NFL blitz. I think it was like NFL blitz 2000. Yep. Um, I have 99, but yeah. Or right. maybe it was 99. So I had the same one for uh, N64. It's the exact same game. Like it's yep. just, um, but that was always the one where you could like take the height or you, you know, take the snaps or take the snap and you could back up basically all the way to the end zone and throw it a hundred yards down. The yeah. Field. Yeah. Like yeah. It was kind yep. of reminds me of like arena football. Yeah. And everybody's just shooting like, like pile driving and doing like uh yeah. you know, body slams. But, um, that was always a fun game. And then you had like, like the, I don't know if, um, like Frogger. I remember playing Frogger. Um, do you have that at all? Yeah, I have that. Um, that's kind of the bane of my existence right now. I've had it in the pub, but so do people not play that? Game? No, no, it's not that it's so had it in the pub opening the day before got everything working on it. Like it was a chore to get it back up and operating. So okay. I left it on. Right. So we open it's, it's May 13th. It's a Friday, the 13th. It's my birthday. That's an opening day for us. Right. Okay. So, so leave the frogger on the night before come in the next day and it the screen's dead won't nothing i can do right so right out the gate i gotta put up the out of order sign we i mean the first day we open i've got one in there with that on there so then i pull it out i bring it home start working on it get it fixed bring it back fix the visual issue then i got an issue with the sound it's making this screeching sound it's like terrible so i had to pull it out again so I'm trying to bring it back here again relatively soon. But yeah, I have Frogger, bane of my existence at the moment for troubleshooting. But yeah, I have it. It's almost there. Um, and what's what's the... Uh, and I'm going to get some of these game names wrong. Do you have the one with like the... It's kind of like a spaceship when it shoots from the bottom. Is it Asteroid? Is that Galaga? Or are you, so Asteroid is more think- where you move around. It's a, It was a... Yeah, a vector. It had the asteroids were coming at you, and you could kind but of. But they were circular. dropping down, and you had to kind of yeah, because you yeah, you could go up and down, but yeah. you had to kind of move, and you had to hit them as they're coming down. That, or it could be space invaders. Did it speed oh, up? space invaders. Okay, yes, space, yeah. space invaders. Yeah. Yes, good call. Um, it was like a little yeah, it was like a little spaceship. Yeah, yeah it's a little missile silo that shoots, and yes. then yeah, and then so interestingly enough, the way that that game was made was that it was an error. So the reason that it was the memory would slow it down. So it was drawing all that stuff on screen. So if you remember back, it was like whatever, 30 characters at the top. And as you shoot them, it freed up the draw. So that's why they move faster. It was an error. So it was too much information on the screen that would slow it down. So it wasn't designed. So the more you shot, the quicker it got. Yeah. So it was actually the opposite. It was not like they designed it to go faster. That's is, that, the, is that the one where they all kind of come out in like zigzags and they come out and they split and they, they drop down? No, that that's, that's, um, that's Galaga that you're thinking where they come off from the side. Okay. Cause I get them all confused. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like all, a bunch of them. They're all were, shooting space, spaceship yeah. games. But like I said, a lot of the games I, I played, um, some of them I know, but like a lot of them you just play and you're like, I don't know what this is, but it looks cool. And I right. just never checked the actual name. Um, and the, do you have cruise in the world? 
No. The actual, no. like the car racing no, game? No, I don't have, no. We so don't though, have. I, that was another N64 game that we, like even to this day, me and my high school buddies like always talk about. Like it's just, have you ever played that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, do, do you have any of those or looking to get any of those or are those yeah. kind of too much space? Cause no, like, we're, we're looking, um, so we're, we're looking to try and expand the location that we're at okay, to, to cool. be able to incorporate more of those. It's just the, the racers traditionally they have with the seats and everything, they take up a lot of space. But don't they usually come as two? Yeah, they come as two, but it's yeah. the fact that like if you've been in there, it's rectangular, so all of like to have something that's sit down yeah, kind of protrude. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have the the shooting games, which you obviously stand back from, right? like the gun shooters, like Area Fifty One, and yep. I've got Lethal Enforcers Two in there, and uh, those are are popular as well. The the thing that we get asked the most about is pinball. That's that's what the request is um, about. You know, do you guys have any pinball machines? When are you going to put pinball in? But yeah, that's the other one that we get a lot of, more so than the racing games. Now, how does is pinball? Is that made by different people? Are there different versions of pinball, or is pinball a company? No, well, pinball machine is like what that's. It's just the the name of what it is, but it's made by a lot of them now are Stern. That's the manufacturer. That's like the like yeah. So is that like the official brand? Because I've played a bunch of pinball games, uh, pinball machines, and but are they? Do different companies make a version of pinball or is pinball like... No, pinball is what it is. So there's pinball and then there's arcade cabinets, right? So pinball is that rectangular box with the buttons on the side. Yeah, the lights coming up. That's a pinball machine. Manufacturers are Stern, Bally, Gottlieb. There's a bunch of other ones that manufacture it that are manufacturers of pinball machines. So it's a bunch of different companies. Is there one that like sticks out as like a better better quality? Stern is the like the industry leader okay. now. A lot of the other ones have fallen off just because they're they're not cheap. They're not cheap to get. Um, they they hold their value from a collector standpoint. So um, an Adams family that's in good condition from the nineties is probably a fifteen thousand dollar pinball wow. machine. Yeah, like Theater of Magic. That was made in the nineties. So yeah, it was like made in the nineties. Made in the nineties, and then the ones now they come out. You could we could look it up right now. We could go to their website, and they have like three versions of, we'll say, Godzilla that came out. What's it called? Stern. Yeah. I, I just like, so the amount of is it S T E R N. Yeah. And I'm assuming Stern. Oh, pinball. There we are. So they actually, yeah. The, wow, the pinball company. Oh wait, yeah, Stern, the pinball company. I guess I would say you're the industry leader when you actually have the name as the pinball company. Wow, you're right. So these are we newer, like Star Wars pinball system. It's fifty five hundred or fifty five, yeah, fifty five hundred. Yeah, they have different versions now, so that's like the that's like the entry level. Oh, Godzilla's eleven five. Yeah, so it's it's like they're super expensive. But I'm 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 guessing this is like machines are probably all the same. I'm guessing just because it's it's the collectors like the the you know just the actual name that they're using. Like, like Godzilla, like it's just... It, well, it's all the lights and the sounds and the way it plays and how you score, and then there's different, like... But, I'm saying, but it can't be that much different to, like, make these, so it's got to be down to, like, the name. Yeah, it's... Well, it's that... It's like and, Godzilla over Star Wars, just Godzilla's more in demand than Star Wars, therefore... But, like, all the stuff they made it out of, it's not like Godzilla's got, like, gold balls you're hitting. No, no but it's, like, it's the idea that the the things that are going into it, like, you have a lot, no pun intended, a lot of moving parts that are, mm-hmm. that are like, lights and sounds and scoring and... You, you're combining mechanical and electrical like it's a whole different dynamic and then there's just something about it seeing like four or five of those pinball machines lined up next to each other and it's uh, just cool led zeppelin one yeah led zeppelin one's really good teenage mutant Ninja turtles wow this is uh 
So like, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is another one that's like on a comeback. When I was a kid, it was massive. And I yep. was actually, I think Ninja Turtles was kind of a flop back in the day. Like originally when it first came out, and I think they said it started to pick up steam and then like into the 90s. Um, and then when they came up with the movies, probably like seven, eight years ago. The newer maybe, ones, maybe yeah. 10 years the ago, one, like Michael, was it Michael Bay? Yeah, yeah that where they're more like... Real. Real and hard-edged and everything. Do you remember the old uh, teenager... Ninja Turtle, I'll call Ninja Turtles, hate the whole thing. The Ninja Turtle, like, went... The, the cartoon? Uh, like with No, the, the actual, like, live people one. When they oh, yeah, with the Vanilla Ice one in the second one, where it's like, go is, Ninja, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that when they went to Japan and one of them, like... Yeah, yeah, that was... Those the, actually look fairly realistic, because I've seen those in the last couple of years, like, on Netflix or something, and I popped yeah. it on, and for being a 30-plus-year-old movie, yeah. it actually holds up a little bit. Yeah, they were. I mean, it was huge. Like, so it started with the cartoon, and then like, like most things in the '80s, it was a vehicle to sell toys, right? So yep. that's what that's what happens. So you create the toy. How do we sell the toy? We sell the toy through the cartoon. Yep. Transformers, GI Joe. That's what it was. New character meant there was a new toy you could go and get at wherever. Like Kenny Drugs would have like all of the Transformers, the GI Joes, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I had all of those as a kid. Yeah, yeah. So did so did I. Like, there's stuff that got damaged throughout the years and whatnot, but it was always like. Uh, and you trade them off or you sell them in a yard sale and then, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're looking you're at flipping it. flipping them and... Yeah, you're like, shit, that was worth like $500 now. Are, are you... Like, that's a big thing right now too is like the flipping of old stuff that people have no... Like, you go to some person's house and like, I'll grab that's 10 bucks and the next thing you know, it's like there's $1,000 worth of... Because you know the value of those those items. Right. Do you have any like background knowledge on that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, like, a lot of the stuff we have, we... We have out like I'm. I'm very bad at reselling things. Like I, I just nostalgia. And once you have it, it's you hard to hold get. it. Yeah, I want to hold it or like have gotcha. it there for like. So one of the things that we're gonna be like thinking about doing for people is that we've been we've had people who have donated um, stuff to us because they like the idea of the environment, the food. We've had other people give us stuff on loan um, where I've got objects in there that are like you know this is so and so's and where'd you get that and so for something to have a place, maybe you have a closet full of stuff that you're like, I don't want to do anything with this, but I don't want to sell it to somebody who's just going to make more money on it. But you're like, Hey, I can put it in CJ's place. And then when I go down there, it'd be like, Hey, that's my, that's my Optimus prime on the, you know, we we have sitting in my basement right now, my wife's Nintendo set. Yeah. Like the original Nintendo with a bunch of games. Yeah. And, I don't know if we can even play it. I'm, I'm sure you could. Actually, a, you'll know this. If I was to take an N64 right now, yeah. is there a way to play an N64 on a TV of today's standards? Sure there is. Yeah, there's a different cable you have to buy. Uh, depending on if you're a purist or not, there could be some lag that's associated with it. But yeah, you can definitely play it. There's a specific uh, cable that's you connect to the back of the Nintendo 64. It's like, I don't know, $25 on Amazon. And you can play it on your 4K TV. It'll... Are the It'll, graphics the same? I mean, you're, you're going to see it's going to look different because your eyes have gotten used to something different over the years. So, but it's going to it's going to replicate what I saw as a kid. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so it's not going to like go up and it's going to be distorted because it can't. Like, well, I mean, it's going to be it could be somewhat worse. I mean, it, back in the day, you were not playing these on 70 inch TVs, right? I mean, like you'd be baller if you had like a 36 inch CRT, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, absolutely. Um, that's where you. That that's the difference. Like we were we were playing at home, um, my son and I, a couple of weeks ago, because we're in the works to do like a collective thing with like Old Soul, where we have like a tournament and we're trying to do some stuff. And um, we were playing it because we we have CRTs at home, and it was like even on the the twenty seven inch CRT we were playing on, we're like, I was like, 
something wrong with this? Well, that's just what it is. Your eyes get used to. But that would have been like, this would have been like what a CJ would have saw as like a 13 year old yep, kid. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. Okay. Cause that's what I, I'm not looking for like the, the N64 of like 1998 to look better than it is now. Right, I right. just want it to look like it used to look. Yeah. Yeah. It would. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Would. Cause I, I have, again, I have not gotten rid of it. So I still have one with all the games and all the, you know, and you pull them out and now you're starting to see them come back around. Like I have that, I have that. And now you're seeing what they're selling at. It's mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. Something my buddy sent me the other day. and was like, $65 for like something that came out 20 years ago for a game console. Yeah. Which back then, I, I think the games were about 50 bucks back then. So that they're pretty expensive. The yeah, actual yeah, cartridge yeah. that yep. um, you'd pop in. But I have so many of those from back when I was, you know, like a teenage, elementary age kid that um, I'll have to get that cable then because... We have a TV here, so I kind of want, maybe I'll just bring it. Yeah, here yeah, I can I can send you the link. We get some information after this. I'll, okay, I'll shoot you in like a Facebook Messenger and be like, "This is what you want to get." And I've got it like at the pub right now. Like if you and want, that to would see match it. up to any any smart TV. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Okay, you yep. actually just made my day, CJ, because I was like, okay. th- I've been actually wondering that. I know I could do research on it, but every time I look at it, I'm like, I don't know if this is the right cable because it. Like, no, uh, that's what I'm here for. So if you want to stop by the pub, I can help with any kind of like technical stuff with I, that stuff. But you know, come down, have a burger, and we can talk about it, hook up your old uh, system uh, to your new TV. Well, I can have a beer now too. Yeah, have a beer now too. Yep, absolutely. Um, th- no, that's I'm gonna actually write that down. So, as like I said, I, I learned something new from everybody. So. N64 core to smart TV. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I guess video games like growing up. What was your what was your you know what was your main ones you like? Was it was it still arcade games or kind of? Uh, I just I played everything. Like I've always been that. I've just been into so many different things. Like growing up, it was all the systems. Like so, as each one came out, we'd get it right. So. I've had I've had and I own every system since the Atari that's that's come out and then it was just kind of like playing them and getting um, involved in them and there was like a lot of nostalgia with that stuff and then it's just grown to where like my son and I play Call of Duty Zombies Outbreak together right so it's online now on a bigger scale but we always played stuff and that was what we would do in the winter like you know maybe go skiing once or twice but we didn't have the the money or the logistics to do that when I was, you know, I'm talking 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. So that was what we, you know, we would sit around and play video games. There wasn't the stuff to do. Like it's the, the fact that like it's head scratching for some people, but there wasn't the internet. Right. So you just had, you just had the Nintendo 64. You got to watch, um, whatever was forced on you by channel three, five or 22. Uh, maybe some uh, VCR tapes. That, that was it. (laughs) That was your entertainment. That that was, was, or you like, you go out and set tape. Yeah. You go out and get sticks that down on the lake shore and play guns. Like what that, that was it. Um, simpler times back then. Yeah. I I think some of us would choose to go back to that time at, at times, just nice, quiet quietness. Um, but was there any that really like as a kid growing up, was there a system that like really stuck out? Like this was, this would have been like for me, it was N64. Yeah. For, I mean, as well. I mean, there's like great games for the Nintendo, the super Nintendo, Nintendo 64 is right where things started to get like, that was the first like 3d, like the three dimensional as opposed to just side scrolling or like what a lot of arcade cabs are now. Mm-hmm. Like the Mario, the yeah, yeah, the Mario sixty four, the F zero, the Mario Kart is just groundbreaking. He had all this like Zelda. I mean, when you I, start having like the sports games come out too, yeah, which is massive. Yep, yeah, the sports games. So that the you know, and then it just each iteration after that really propelled it. Like it was the PlayStation, and then it was 
the the Sega Dreamcast, which was a fantastic system, but just you know when, Sega. When did the Dreamcast come out? That was in the nineties, right? yeah. Yeah. Because um, I remember when the PlayStation Two came out, that was massive. Mm-hmm. I remember the one was out. PlayStation Two came out, and the graphics definitely took a leap up at that point. At least I'm talking back then. So it was like PlayStation Two and Xbox, the original Xbox, and they came out probably like 2000, 2001. And I remember when both of those came out, that was like the next pinnacle up yep. from. You know, the PlayStation 1, the N64, the, the yeah, the Dreamcast. Um, I never got into the Nintendo, um, was it a Cube? GameCube, yep. GameCube. Yeah, I never I never got into that. It was like I stuck with N64, and then I went up to like an Xbox. Okay. Um, but yep. The last system I think I got was was the Xbox 360. Does that yep. sound about right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the precursor to the one. Well, the, the 360. So I went Xbox xbox 360 because they did the advertising because xbox has one less system than sony so that was the reason for the 360 portion was so playstation 3 sounds more advanced than xbox 2 right so if you're looking at it and you don't know so they did the 360 because it was their second system then it went xbox one and then they're at the series x now is for xbox okay so they're about three systems removed from like the original xbox yeah okay so the xbox because the original Xbox was like the big bulky black one. And yeah, yeah, it was like a it was like a PC slash VCR. It was what it looked well, like. It was well, huge. I remember the first time I watched Halo, and I never really got into Halo, but my cousin had it at the time, and I have a friend that's like a nut about it. But the original um, controller for the Xbox was like made for like you, yeah, like yeah. a grown human. <laughs> and I actually, CJ, how tall are you? Uh, on a good day, like six six. Six six okay so like th- these controllers are made for someone of CJ's size. Me, I'm five seven. I'm, I'm I'm about a foot shorter than him. I needed like the second variation of the controller, the smaller one. Mm-hmm. The first one, I like I was a, I remember it being like four fourth or fifth or sixth grade. I couldn't hold the controller. Like you almost had to like put it in your lap and play because it, it, yeah it was my hands weren't big huge. enough to hit yep. all the buttons right. Um, and I just remember thinking like this is so dumb because again as like a little kid you're like I just want to play it. So then you went back to like the three like the three. Uh, the N64 with the three handles, you know, the joystick yep, in the middle. Yep. And, uh, but I, I like, I think my favorites growing up was like Mario Kart, the uh, um, GoldenEye. Um, and then you like went into like Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yep. Those were fun games. Yep. Um, so I was more of like a sports guy, but I do remember like the, you know, the um, James Bond I really liked. Um, but I, like Splinter Cell, remember that game? Yep. Yep. Um, Splinter Cell was pretty cool. That was like all stealthy and stuff, but. Um, when you started getting like the Halo, Halo like took off, but I just never got into it. But like everybody liked Halo. And yeah. I'm assuming they still make variations of Halo now. Cause yeah. Like- I mean, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it hasn't really recaptured the full like extent. I think like by the time Halo three came out, that was like the pinnacle. They've had some good games since then, but it's not real. I mean, there's so much now too. It's hard to like uh, call of duty really took over well, as think, far yeah. as for that, like landscape for that. And call of duty is like, is like actual like real military stuff, right? Am I thinking the right one? Well, I mean, no. I mean, yeah, yes and no. The original I mean, one wasn't. Well, yeah, the original like, like you World War II. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one was. Now it's like you're, yeah, it's just fast paced. Like it's the guns are like it is, but it's also, you know, super hyped up as far as for like. Like what do the characters look like? They look like almost like Yeah, yeah they, they look like now? real military guys, right? Like, oh, it, okay. So yes. still kind of it, it is that, but it, like it's like like super hyped up. Like it's like a Marvel's version of the military. Type okay. Of. So that's, that's, it's really gotten wild. So like Captain America's in the game. Yeah, yeah. It's Captain America <laughs> with, an, with an M16 running around with hand grenades and um, stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just remember the first one was like you storm the beach in Normandy in the first scene, and like you can never get by it because there's bullets everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The, the, one for Xbox 360 again was like one of those things where you you showed people and they were just like, even if that's where the like I remember growing up, there was that whole stigma of like, how long are you going to play those things for? They're for kids, and now you've got people of all ages. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. people of all ages like. Being like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to be around. I'm going to be playing whatever the new expansion pack has come out for. Blah blah blah. And I'm going to be home playing that. They're like 35 years old. Um, well, and that's the thing. Like, I stopped playing video games like basically in college. Like, just life. You know, I just never really um, stayed with it. But I still like when we get together with like buddies and stuff. We play like I said, N64, Xbox. We play all the old systems still. 360 is probably the newest system that we play. Right. But it's, it's the game we all like grew up playing, like I was saying about the song thing earlier, you get those games and like the muscle memory just comes back. Yep. Yep. And like, I, like I was saying, Tony Hawk pro skater, like I remember playing that as a kid and like I get up and I'm just like, do, do, do. And I still remember, I, I have no way of explaining it to you. If you give me the controller, I can do the moves that do like the special moves, like the 900, I can still do it. Don't know what it is, but you put it in. Like, and you get muscle memory. Like I boom, can boom, just boom. feel it. And yep. it's, it's like I can do a Rubik's Cube. But if you ask me how to do a Rubik's Cube, I couldn't tell you. If you just right. give it to me and let my fingers move, my fingers will just figure it out. And, right. Um, sometimes it's just better not to think. Yep. Like I actually, like like the Rubik's Cube thing, I'd rather talk to you as I'm doing it to keep my mind off of thinking about the move. Right. I just let my fingers just do their thing. Um, but yeah, those, those were good. And I think the... Uh, the other game was uh, Rock Band, and that came out. Oh, was, yeah. There was Guitar Hero, but yep. I, I I didn't really get into it until the Rock Band. Um, I think it was the first Rock Band, to the point now where I still hear songs. I'm like, that's on Rock Band. But yep. like Rock Band came out like 15 plus. But still, like that's one of the things like when that we want to try to incorporate, um, if we can expand, is... Like I have the rock band set up and it's so much like and I, I have it like and again, just going above and beyond. Yeah, the drum set, but setting it up with a five point one system. So like again with this bridging out into another area like five point one the surround sound. Yeah, basically. surround sound. So like yeah. at our house, like I've always been huge into games and movies. Like we have a I have a theater that I built. Like uh, so cool. I've got I've got two projectors that I've got a three D one and a four K one and like <laughs> it's just obnoxious. Um, I just uh, ridiculous you're, you're, like you know how you said kid. you stopped playing video games after you got out of college well yeah. congratulations you're an adult i'm not like yeah, i, I yeah, never was able i was just yeah i just uh, <laughs> i kept like i'm like okay uh, what am i gonna do here we're gonna like entertain and have some good food so um <laughs> that that's where like the passion comes from and then also just like being being able to have like the combination of it right so i mean i it just always went hand in hand of like we would be playing Nintendo 64 and we would get like pizza from someplace or like wings or yep. get a burger. And like, I, I grew up at a time where the food distribution process that they currently have now wasn't as like mainstream. Right. So I'm, what I'm talking about is like vendors providing all of these things. So there comes a time like 30 years ago you, when you went into a restaurant, whatever restaurant it was for the most part, mom and pop place, like they did everything. So like the earliest memories I had of like that are associated with the games. Like we, I grew up in Vermont and there was a little diner. Um, I believe it was actually called Kay's diner, but it was always referred to as Bubby's because Bubby Irick was the one that owned and ran that. And we would go in there and everything was just like, I don't know. It's, I just remember it being absolutely fantastic. And it was just hamburgers and hot dogs yeah, and that French diner food. Yeah. Diner food. But yeah. then there, there wasn't any other, but like, you didn't have access to it at the same time. Like there wasn't the ability to do hand cut French fries at home. Like it just was never the same thing as like dropping them in that deep fryer. So, yep. um, those were the things that we've 
tried to replicate and make. So that part's nostalgic for you too, a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. That's the, that's the food part. It's the fact of like, uh, especially now where, you know, money's tight for people. Things are different and the Mm -hmm. cost of things are going up and you want to be able to have fun and you have to have something in, in our opinion, that's really worth getting you to come to our establishment and saying like, why would I go there if you're getting the same stuff that I can just make myself from Sam's club? So it, but also remembering a time where like in my mind, it was like, this is how I remember this tasting. Like that was the the thing that we would do. Um, I I think the concept though of like from an adult, like I I've gone to all these places as adults and that's like the the most fun is going to the, like the, the, I don't know if it was called barcade, but it was something similar. It was down in Philly and like you went down and I've been to a couple of times. My brother-in-law lives down there. We're all adults and he's older than me. And we just go in there and it's like, you get a beer and you play. But for someone our age, like and the thing is too, like bar, it depends on going to the bar. Like to, if you go to a bar with people, like you sit there and talk, but most of the time you just kind of sit there. You just like drink and you chit chat, maybe watch a game on TV, but mm-hmm. you don't get up and move and do stuff. That's why these are fun. Cause you can sit there and all of a sudden like, I'm just going to pop up and go play a couple games and next thing you know, hours, I say hours have gone by, but you can have like a fun long day there and you're just, it's like day drinking and you're playing games. And I think the, uh, the mix of it's cool because it just gives you something extra to do. It's like trivia, like trivia night when you go get a drink and have trivia, but it's something to entertain you while you're having a drink versus just like sitting at a table. And sometimes that's fun, like sitting at a table and just chilling with people. But it, you know, like you said, if you got to have something different than just going out, having a drink, having food and just hanging out. And I think right. that, um, for most people, I think going back to like the sim- like the simplistic concept of like that's what you grew up pl- doing, that's what you grew up playing. You have the background, you know what you already know how to play the games for the most part. Um, I th- I just think that like that whole thing is an easy like almost like a low hanging fruit idea for people where it's like you almost overlook it. Like oh that's actually like a great night or a great day or whatever. Right, right. Um, and I think that sometimes people try to have like this like you know, almost like too intricate of an idea of like things that you have to do. And if you realize like you can just go drink and have fun and play video games with like old school video games, like the amount of pure joy that you, I'm sure you've seen a, like middle-aged people have when they're playing these games because they're all kids. They're big kids, like you yeah. said, playing. So like you look out and see a bunch of your peers playing games, you're like – and they get so excited. Like every time I play it, I get excited. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, we're playing like NFL blitz. And I'm like, Oh my God, I remember this route. And like, you just throw it in the guys, picks a guy up and pile drives him on the ground or slams him on the ground. Right. And like, you know, it just brings you back as a kid, but like you just have fun because you're almost like giddy for a time. You know? Yeah. And I think, I don't know. Do you, you must see that with people, the patrons that go there. Yeah. So what we really tried to do was expand upon it. Like we, we opened up with a, a menu where we had, we made a couple of ideas and rules or codes to begin with, if you will, where we were going to be like, okay, um, the experience has been in general, this, whether it's around the area or in other cities is that if I've gone to a place and they have a really large and extensive menu, it's been the experience that like you see buzzwords like house made, like, so a portion of their items are frozen and it's the same thing. So a really large menu meant that you're going to have to have a trade-off in most instances where not everything can be done. Like it's just not really feasible from a cost perspective. So we focused on what went well with what we were doing. Like, um, you know, having that place with the arcade and thinking like burgers, 
like pizza. Like we're not a pizza place, but we do pizzas, right? So we have pizzas and it's just one of those things where if you're a kid or whatever, pizza, wings, chicken tenders, like we, we hand bread all of our stuff, all of our doughs we make ourselves, all of our sauces. Um, so it, it had to be that, that quality thing because you, you have to think of it as the fact of like, yes, maybe you're really nostalgic about Blitz, but if you're like, it's some frozen mozzarella stick, you're like, it's not really what I want. I want to have something like fresh. So having the food be there as well incorporates it. And it's also like, yes, there's the arcade cabinets, but I've also talked about how we have like things that are free, like the trivia, um, decks of cards, Uno, Yahtzee. Like, so you really come in there and we just provide you with like, what kind of entertainment experience are you going to create in our space is really what it comes down to. And then we wanted to be something where it could like from a business standpoint to kind of revitalize downtown or have the downtown experience is that we wanted to be something that doesn't split an audience to where, you know, you, we have people who are like, Oh, we, you know, we were at sip and then for dinner and then they come over and have drinks and maybe a dessert at our place or the opposite be like, we're going to go, we're meeting at the twisted carrot at, at seven, we decided to come in here and have a couple of drinks. And the idea is to kind of grow the downtown as well to where you have people that are frequenting multiple places. So the whole area grows. Absolutely. That's, and that's the best thing, especially when you see like people back bouncing around from bar to bar or something like that. I think that's, um, you might have your favorite bar or whatever, but I think the fun of it is going around like almost like it's like a taste test kind of thing. Like try every little place, go cause everybody's got a different vibe. They got a different experience. Like, and I think, uh, Especially, I mean, I'm not in the restaurant industry, but hearing what you're saying with a lot of the, you know, those businesses down there that they're like, Hey, we're, we're building each other up. That's awesome. Because that's what you need is that too many people try to, I think like tear down people in the same industry or same thing. And it's like, like you can't like, there's like, I've heard this line before. Like if you want to build like the biggest building in town, like build the biggest building, don't tear other people down. Like they can build up with you and like, you know, and I think you're all, and at the end of the day, even if you're slightly behind somebody, if you you look back at where you all came from, you're, there's a massive growth in that whole industry. And that's really what you're trying to ultimately try to achieve because, um, you know, someone like place like Plattsburgh is small and you know, if everybody has kind of their own little niche and vibe and it's almost like a, you know, when you go to like a, a big city and everybody's got like their little boroughs or little, um, you know, like I'll take New York City. You have like Chinatown. You have Little Italy. You have all like the you know few streets that kind of match that culture. Like we don't have obviously that big of a city, but like you can kind of do that by like like restaurants. A perfect thing. You go right. to some of these restaurants. They, you know, Sip has a way different vibe than Twisted Carrot. Like twi- they're similar, but there's a lot of different. You know, there's a difference to it. And the same thing if you go to your place or if you go to like even all Ridley's. Like there's just it feels just different, but it's cool. And you kind of, depending on the friends you're with or the group you're with or the crowd you're with, you want to kind of bounce around. And, um, and I think the more places you can have downtown, um, especially when like college is in session, like the, the college kids are those, is that like a okay draw for you? Uh, ironically, no, it's not really, like, but, but it's sort of because of the fact of like, so interestingly enough from a sociology like standpoint, it's completely different because you have a large percentage of college students that are actually attending a physical college experience this year for the first time. If you think of it that way. So like, right. So you go from high school to COVID happens, you're doing all of your stuff online. You haven't been a part of that experience. And then we're designed in a way to where, uh, again, with like what's feasible, like given our age and what we can actually do, I can't, 
I can't be up until 3 a.m. at the pub and then open back up again at do, noon. Do you think the college kids are, do you think the current college kids are in a almost out of the sweet spot of where that would like this kind of stuff? Like, I think every kid would like it, but they, they're like too young to have the nostalgia, but they're too old to have like their parents. Their parents actually probably did do that, but like uh, they weren't introduced to that. Do you think that they're like, would they um, fit? Would they fit where you think that they would go? I, I just I kind of look at it as as far as for what we're offering and what I've observed is that so there's a there's a percentage that of college students that go out in the evening mm-hmm. after we'll say eleven or twelve o'clock. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned is when when I was in my twenties, I was like. I had a completely different mindset and so did our friends. Like, so if it was like 1145 and the place closed at 12, yeah, my whole thing was like, we got 15 minutes. Let's go. We can go. We can get some food. Yeah. We can get some drinks. Last let's go. Call. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. We'll just go. Today's 20 year old is more conscious about that. Also from their own anxiety standpoint, they don't want to go to a place and have dinner when the place is going to close in a half hour because it makes them feel like they're rushed. It also makes them feel like they're being inconsiderate. So it's a different thought process from the generation that's going on now. So that, that's part of it. The other thing is, is that there's also a portion I think of you get preconceived notions, right? So I've got messages in our, from our one up account where they're like, um, do you guys do parties or can I bring in my 17 year old? Like, we're no different than any other restaurant when it comes down to that. Right. So there's that whole thing of that. I didn't realize was challenging the, the business model and like, where are the students? Because also it takes time. It takes time for like, you know, I think it's been a different culture that's been created with try to stay home, try to stay in. You're dealing with Netflix. You have a, you have a, unlimited amount of entertainment value on your phone. Um, but at the same time, we're starting to get more. We're starting to get some of the college students that are coming out just to have the food and be like, this is a, a, a cool place for us to hang out. Um, we were taking selfies down in the bathroom because it looks like the subway station. There's all kinds of like things going on where it, it just takes time. It takes time in this particular type of town and setting because of the fact of like, advertising it's so hard i mean i'm sure you probably deal with this to a certain extent but again going back decades your audience was only in front of like one or two or three things nowadays you have no idea be like i've taken out ads and papers i've done radio like but you might not ever go down that avenue you might not ever open that up and be like well i don't i don't get the press republican or i don't go on facebook or i'm not on snapchat well yeah and and, uh i think like in my mind as a kid, if I was someone in college, like I think it would be a fun place to go hang out prior to the they'll call it the nightlife. Aspect. Yeah, yeah, well it's pre gaming, right? Yeah, you pre you game, but like to me that'd be a fun thing. Like go have a couple of drinks and just like play some board games, play some like all these kids that you know card games. Like I think it'd just be fun to play like drinking games at the table. I mean, people do it at could be a cost thing too maybe it's just cheaper to get 30 rack and just throw it up in your room yeah next thing you know you're you're uh you know you're playing kings or something on the on the table and uh i i mean i guess it yeah it depends i just i just think that it would be a cool like to me it'd be a cool place as a college kid just to like hang out for a little bit like i wouldn't i wouldn't close the bar i wouldn't close like one up out and down but like i'd certainly go there and then go off to i don't even know i was gonna say some obsolete bars now but i'll say just ridley's they won't go there but you go to you go to ridley's like um, you go, you know, afterwards, you know, Monopole or whatever else is down there. Right. So, um, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I think that would be, um, I think that would be fun. But is now in regards to what you're doing, is there like what's the vision or what's the you know what do you hope to accomplish future wise with this? Is this kind of like hey, we you obviously talked about getting a bigger space, but. Um, well, expanding the space that we're at. So we're not looking to like, we have things that we're working on to expand the existing space. So, oh, gotcha. okay. yeah. So it's not about moving. Like I'm not going to be in the situation you're in right now where you're like moving into like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. I, uh, fortunately enough, we have it to where we've got options. Um, you know, there's things that we have to go through obviously with the city and getting permission for certain things, but we're in the process of, um, of expanding the existing location to where it would allow for more seating for more games. Nice. Um, you know, with the, what we're doing, it's our opinion is that there's a kind of a cap on it for what you want your occupancy to be. Right. So right now we're at 49 based off from it's the, the primary thing is how many emergency exits you I was have. I say fire code and yeah. everything else. Yeah. So we have one technical door to it. So as you get more doors, your occupancy goes up, but at the same time, uh, way that we've designed the kitchen and what we're doing, we can handle much more than that. But at the same time, you know, we don't want it to be just kind of like an open, like wedding hall type thing. Like, so what we're trying to do is to create that intimate space and to have something that's like, there's a lot going on. Like if you go in there to see all the stuff that we've done from an artwork perspective, decorations, toys, games. Um, what was it say? I saw, um, and there's, like I said, Mortal Kombat, but there's a lot of like Mario. There's a lot of, um, th- what was, um, there's a mural that was on the wall that, um, what's on your wall? <laughs> what's the mural that was done? There's a couple, like I know. There so were- we did, uh, I did, uh, we did a Miss Pac-Man and there's a Rampage. Rampage, mural. yeah. Yeah. Um, so regarding like, and that was done by, you said your son. Well, no, the, the Mortal Kombat. Um, like normal, I think it's 24 by 36 canvas was painted by my son and my mother-in-law. And then I did the, cause the, the original rampage going back to games that I would like to get, I have rampage world tour, which was the sequel or 3d version. The original rampage was just something that was fun to me that uh, it's always stuck out in my mind. So I really like that. We have the high ceilings in there. It's like 10 foot ceiling. So I have a really big canvas to work with and just went with it, went with like, really you know so you, full geeked out like i so you're artistic too uh to a certain degree i mean if you keep me in the 8 to 16 bit range i'm yeah i'm like okay. i'm fantastic but i mean you wouldn't want me doing a picture of you and your wife and your kids you know what i mean i'm, okay. I'm not that level uh no by no means uh, <laughs> thankfully one of my staff members that i have she is fantastic with uh, some of the stuff so like our design that we're our, our newest design for our logo she's done um so it's really creating like something that's completely different. Like, um, in general, again, going back to this day and age of going out, you want to feel like you're spending your money on something that's different than what you could get at home. Um, and then also something that you feel special and a part of. So for our goal for this was that we just wanted to be like, ideally if you had friends coming into town and you had three places that you wanted to show them in Plattsburgh, that we would be one of those three. That's it. That's as simple as like, not the we just want to be good right want to be like they're really good like not doesn't need to be the best doesn't need to be the greatest it's just like they're really really good like that's what the goal has been since we opened it yeah and again i think just the you know from everything i've learned and or you know read researched heard it's like you find kind of a like a niche and just like really run with that because again you're not trying to be you know every bar's got their own little vibe to it like i said you you have a specialty, but like it's the only place you can find it. 
Right. And that's the thing is if even if someone opens up something that's similar, if you put if you're really focused on it and they're dabbling in it, you're still gonna over you know, typically have the leg up on that. So yeah. um now regarding I mean anything obviously outside of this, but like um you know, comics, cartoons, is that all big stuff when you were a kid? Oh yeah, like, for sure. All of it. So every, like you kind of blanket it all in as like, yeah, I, I like, I didn't fit in with the, like, so I like, so I like the, the games, the comics and I like, I'm big in sports and in working out. So it was always like, I'm like, I dabbled in different areas, but yeah. it used to be like, it was very much sectioned off. Like the gym people were just gym all the time. And then there was just the group that hunted and then the group that was into sports. And I was like, I liked all this stuff. And then I, I found myself being like, I don't know on the outside. Cause it wasn't like I focused on all of it. I liked too much of it. Yeah. Um, probably as part of what it was, but I ended up, yeah, I, I was always into those things like of just once I found something that I liked, I overindulged in it. That's just kind of my MO with it in general. Um, now, I guess like from a, a comic book standpoint, um, how many of these are, is there a correlation between comic books and the games on a lot of these or is there a se- separation separation? Usually the comic line came from the game. Um, okay. So the where movies and TV series, the comic was the launch pad for those. So what you typically would have would you'd have a comic that that's where Marvel is right now. Yeah. Marvel and DC that the springboard was the comic, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, it was a hybrid of then the game came from that. Like you'd have different means of how that worked, but like the uh, original ones, like there's no, there's, there's Pac-Man comics, but they were, they came because the Pac-Man game became popular. I was going to say, so pack the Pac-Man game, like Mortal Kombat, what was the origin of that? Um, that was based off from just the, like the, the fighting game, like the fighting game. But itself. that started as a game first. Yeah. Started as a game. first. It did, okay. Yeah. Um, cause I like now they, what's the one on uh is it Netflix? Cobra, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Is that the same? Like what's, is that, that lineage wise? That's from karate kid. That's like, that's karate kid. Okay. Yeah. That's karate kid. That's like the, I've never watched it, you know, but they I was stayed like, in the same was... town and they opened up karate, karate dojos and strip malls and like, Mr. Uh, Miyagi's not there. Yeah. Friends. I mean that I haven't watched that. Um, I just, I don't know. There's like, I'm a big fan of most of the stuff, but on some of it, like I'm really excited that like Avatar is coming out where it's an actual sequel as opposed to like the prequel stuff that's been like inundated since for the last 15 years. Well, speaking of Avatar, is this James Cameron's third movie? This is the second one. No, but I mean, he did Titanic. He did this one and then. Or did Avatar no, he's got others in. No, yeah, that's not his because he did like Terminator Two. Like he's but got years ago. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, but like, he's like only done. I think. Yeah, he's like, he did. A, he's really big into. He did a lot of underwater work. That's where like the he's got a passion for like deep, yeah, deep, sea deep diving. yeah, deep sea diving and exploring. And then that kind of led way to like you can see it's clearly even just in the trailers right now that that's where the Avatar is. It's based off from like, like Atlantis. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, for sure. But I, th- I, I think those are his last three movies. Yeah, he, like he doesn't do movies. That no, often. he doesn't need to. I mean, if your movies start making like two, three billion, I mean, you can really pick and choose. Which is, uh, yeah. So when, when does Avatar two come out? Sixteenth of December. Because um, I remember, I remember there's this is funny the the three movies. I'm, I'm trying. I'm I'm going. There's three that really pop out to me, but the three movies that I remember being hard as hell just to get a ticket to go watch. Titanic was one when that first came out. Mm-hmm. I was too young, but I just remember like people were like, like the only tickets tonight are like a ten o'clock showing because like everything was booked. 
Number two was the uh, Jim Carrey Grinch movie. Yep, yep. Which was packed. And I remember yep. the same thing. I didn't get to watch that until like the third weekend because like you're off of school, but every showing was, was delayed. And the third was Avatar. And I remember when I went to watch Avatar, I went to Avatar like the second or third weekend of Avatar. Mm -hmm. And my show was sold out. And I remember when I got there, we were one of the last ones walking in. And I didn't even get to sit with the people that I was with because there were so many people. So like I sat next to somebody and someone else sat with someone and someone sat solo or something like that. It was like everybody was all spaced out. Right. But that, that typically doesn't happen with movies, especially nowadays in age. Like if it's released, sometimes they release them right on like a streaming service. So it's yep. like you can go to theaters, but they're just going to put it on whatever. Um, so I'm curious to see how Avatar, I'll go watch it. I'm curious to see how Avatar 2 will um, live up to the first one because the first one was insane, the amount of people that saw that. Right. That's the, isn't that the most selling it is now because they re-released it. Like they do these things to kind of like. But was it based off of like if I go by? Because I know we always talk about like inflation or whatever. Like hey, based on inflation, is this? No, it's gone top? with the wind. Is the like? Is that still the top? Yeah, grossing? if you if you adjust for inflation, yeah, it's gone gone with the wind. I actually want to see top grossing movies of all time. Or maybe it's Sound of Music. One of those two. What to watch? Top. See, top lifetime grosses. By, oh, this but this might not be adjusted. Because it has Avatar, Avengers, Endgame. Oh, that beat Titanic too. Then Titanic, Star Wars, Episode, whatever, seven. Yeah, Force Awakens. Yeah, Force. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this would be adjusted for inflation when you look at some of these. But still, I mean, that's. Yeah, Avatar. Well, Avengers, Endgame. That was that was pretty well Endgame, Avengers? yeah and end, end, end game was number one and then they re-released avatar like earlier this year and it retook it over like oh, it's it did? A, okay. yeah, yeah yeah so like marvel will do something similar they'll have like a like i don't know whatever their next avengers movie will be they'll release end game and then it'll bump wasn't up end game supposed to be the end game like the last one no it can't be i mean it's an end game for that portion of it like that's a good like that's a good exit ramp right for it if you're like that was great. That was a great run. You know, it's sort of like the the athletes that stay too long, right? So, like if, Brett Favre, uh, yeah, or, or or like Jordan going back to the Wizards or whatever. Like so, okay. like like that. I'm I'm just thinking like there's points. Do you ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah, I love it. Okay, so like Breaking Bad is a like a classic, like for both for psychological and then also for storytelling because it does simultaneously two things. There's a point in that series where you see the good guy win. And then you also see that same good guy, that whole cliche line. If you stay around long enough, you become the villain. Yep. So that that was yeah. the, that was the character. Walter right? White. Yeah. So when he defeats Gus, right? Correct. Yep. When he when that awesome scene where he blows him up in the nursing in home nursing and everything. Home, yep. Yeah. So he won. He won. He was out from the tyranny. Like Gus was the villain. Yeah. Walter White was, you know, the yeah the hero at that point. Yeah. Right? Who, hero, who, but, who yeah. you're pulling for? He was the he was the you know the guy that you you wanted to win or you wanted to see out. And then from that point, like, so you could stop right there and create a whole different show and experience. Which I think was only like beginning of season four, end of season three. Yeah, so there's like, there's like two more seasons after that. But they do a great job of like how like a good guy becomes a bad guy. And well, I remember towards the end, like you actually started to feel more for like his wife, his child, his Hank brother-in-law. Yep. The, yeah, like you start to actually feel more for those people than for him because, yep. like you said, he, he really kind of just like spiraled out of control and this like persona overtook him. But right. um, yeah, Breaking Bad that was a hell of a show. Yeah, it's fantastic. The, the, that and um, 
the the very first season of Twenty Four with Keith Keith Sutherland. Have you ever watched that? I've That's never what? seen that. Everybody says you got to watch it because it's twenty four hours, but it's literally twenty four. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it was it was like groundbreaking in the first season. Is just fantastic. Like it's absolutely like like clutching the armchair like fantastic watch but, but it's actually a full yeah game. well it's it's like sped up a little bit but it's like it's literally 24 hours like it's like 55 minutes is the episode and there's 24 of them and then like but it's all the same day yeah it's all the same day it's like 24 uh, hours like it's super good that, that's a cool concept I, I never watched that like the uh like the, the the most recent one that i watched was um ozark have you ever seen that oh yeah for sure we watched that and they're yeah. like they kind of they they missed the, the the landing on the ending in my my. So opinion. you didn't like the ending? Uh not not really. I think they weren't like most things. They're like, it's a great idea and journey, and then like they don't know how to finish it, and it goes all the way back to like Tolkien with like Lord of the Rings. Like you know, like how are we gonna overcome this army? And oh yeah, there's a ghost army in a mountain. Like that that you know what I mean? Like that's like it's unfortunate, but yeah, I I enjoyed. Ozarks, I I felt though that the ending wasn't like as good as it could be. I remember watching Ozark. The ending felt like a letdown, but then when you really like thought about it, you're like, it's a very practical way to end the series, but it didn't end like on a crescendo. It was kind of like, yeah, like, like it makes sense, but it just like it didn't hit you. Like I thought the ending of Breaking Bad was very good. Like that last like the episode. Yeah. And I kind of like went full circle and kind of ended it. But you look at, um, there's a, like, I find. There's a few shows that I like that aren't more, more in that realm, but like, uh, like I know um, Game of Thrones. Did you watch that? Oh yeah, for sure. Game so of Game, Thrones. Game and... of Thrones. I watched up until how many was it? Eight. Eight. So I ended up watching up till the first episode of season seven. I think it was. Okay. Got busy. Didn't watch it. And then I was like, I gotta watch it before the last season comes out, and I didn't. And then next thing I know, like, the season eight's done. And everybody kind of complained by the ending. So I never actually finished the series. I just like, I just said like my eyes, I'm like, I don't have time to watch. Like if I really, if it was really, really worth it, I would watch it. But like I had so many people tell me that it was a letdown. I'm like, I just don't feel like even, because where I left off, it was very good. Like they blew up King's Landing. Like it's just, I kind of like got yeah, into, yeah. Um, and then they kind of like, I don't even know. I ended up, Aria was going down a river or something. That's like kind of like, where, <laughs> right. that's kind of like where I ended in the series. But that, um, I heard that one didn't end great, but I had not. I have not seen it. So yeah, the, and the thing is, is that it's funny where, um, from a social standpoint, where like the they they took a like the directors were like they were going to be able to do a Star Wars trilogy, like they were going to be leaving the the two directors of the show, and then they didn't have a script because the dude that wrote the books he like finished writing. Well, yeah, but really, it's on him, right? He's been writing these books for like fifty years. I mean, that's an exact like, but it's been like. 30 like 27 yeah. something like that so for him to not get the book done and everyone's like dumping on the directors and like no one's mad at the author being like well, why are you working on all of this other stuff instead of finishing your story he's still got two more books to write so it was it was rushed yeah um i haven't rewatched it that's the only season that i haven't rewatched but i mean it the like i won't go into it anything with you but the the whole idea was that it would be um it was just rushed. It was just rushed. And like, I don't know if it's that one of those things where you don't have someone else in the room telling you, be like, this isn't feeling right. You know what I mean? There's, there's numerous what, things. Like what's that. a writing thing too. So if the guy, um, who was the guy that wrote it? Uh, remember his name? Uh, Martin. Um, George, jo- George, George, Yeah. Like 18 different syllables. Or, uh, uh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Martin. So, I mean, he's 
what in his seventies now? Yeah, eighties maybe. He's an old dude, so like that's sure. the thing. Like he may never even finish a series. Like, and that's I think that's one of the 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 problems. It's like reading Harry Potter and she doesn't finish the last book. I'm like, what the hell happened to yeah. the Harry Potter kids? Yeah. Like you know, and that's I think I I agree when knowing that it was the, the directors or writers had to like had the ability to finish it off in their mind. Because the other thing is, if he's going to finish it, I'm assuming he's not going to finish it the way that the series finished. So he's going to just write it the way he does. Well, he had... he. So the, the interesting thing is, is that... So <laughs> if you read back, there's plenty of information, especially with the internet now. You can't, you can't like hide anything. It's there. So he guided them on what his ending was. And they like worked off from that, right? So he basically had told them this is... Basically, the notes. These are the notes that Give I'm going to hit. Line. Yeah, yeah. So they do it, and then it's received the way it is. So now he's got a scapegoat and be like, well, I had kind of an idea. Like, if you find out, here's my idea, and it flops, yeah. that gives you a whole other opportunity to rewrite it. And also, he's got, like, thousands and thousands of pages that he can flesh this whole thing out over two more. He's got two more books, I believe. I mean, they're write. all about 1,000 pages, right? The yeah, books? yeah. So he's got... A lot, but whether he gets it done or not, I don't know. Um, the it, we watched the the House of the Dragon, which was it's a spinoff, right? Yeah, it's the pre, it it's a pre, it's a prequel, which has been like the popular thing for the last is that two da- decades. Is that based on Daenerys? Her lineage, like, but not her. Like, it's Targaryen. hundred, yeah, it's a hundred, couple hundred years before that show. So the other one they're doing that with, um, I haven't seen it. Yellowstone. Oh yeah, it? that's the yeah, that's I haven't watched that yet either. So my wife watches it and loves it, but they they've I believe they're doing a prequel in 1883 or something like that. They're different years, but I think there's one that's coming out like 1920 or something like that. Like there's these different they're jumping around um fairly big names that are doing it, but they keep going back in time. So and again, I've not watched the movie, so I'm, I'm assuming this is like, you know, going back along the family lineage and how they came to get to where they are in present day and, you know, but when you look at that, it's a great moneymaker for whoever's doing it. Cause like, we'll just keep going back in time and, and yeah. almost like going back in history versus the future. But I think, you know, there's certain things like diehards. We take like the Avengers, like people will watch and I'm not a big, like I like, I love Spider-Man. I love those growing up. I, I, I'm, I don't follow comics that much. So like right. the Avengers, honestly, besides reading my books to my kids that have like all the characters in it, I don't really watch any of those movies. So like when you see like people get so hyped for them, it's like that star Wars, like I'm not a star Wars guy. Um, nothing against it. It's just, I just never got into those, those movies or books, but like people like love that kind of stuff. When you see that they come out with like a new superhero movie and it still packs theaters. Like they know that people love it, but there's obviously a huge demand for that stuff and people just eat it up or whatever. And I don't know if, like when those movies come out, are those already based off of pre-existing comic books? Like Spider-Man, when it came out, at least I'm going to say the first three movies with like Tobey Maguire back in like early 2000s, those were based off of the actual comic book. There wasn't yeah. like, there was actually story, like the origin story of Spider-Man and how he got his powers and everything else. But uh, do most of those follow original comic book series? Like, Yeah, I mean, they, they get their, they get, again, they get their beats from that. So like the... Like they get the villain, and yeah. So, th- like for Thanos and that that storyline was directly from the comic, and then they just adapt it to make it. They borrow, and there's other things that happen where this studio doesn't have the rights to this character. So, for say, for example, Marvel can use the Hulk in their movies, yep. but Universal owns the rights to the Hulk, so Marvel can't make a movie called Hulk. 
So that's that's one of those things where it's a but they can oh. use the character and then the reason that Spider-Man had done as well as it has is because Sony and Marvel worked together to allow for permissions to say you can use this character and this name in your movie and in turn you'll help us out with these movies. So it was a collaborative. So when Marvel came out like um like Stan Lee did Spider-Man. So like that's was Stan like where did Marvel start or did Stan Lee just sell it off to Marvel? Marvel. Uh he no he sold it off um Years like before that, like so, then Marvel was bought by Disney. So there's just different. Like now, you're getting into this point where there used to be smaller, smaller markets for an intellectual property, and now they're just being all consumed up by these large corporations. So, so like Marvel, like there wasn't like a company called Marvel that made all these superheroes. Like all these superheroes were basically bought up by Marvel. Or DC. no, 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 no. It was Marvel was the comic line, comic and toys. Marvel was a. a but if you, but like Stan Lee like wrote Spider-Man or created Spider-Man. Well, he he was one of like there's there, there for storylines like there it dates back before him. I mean, I'm not an expert by any means in the comic lineage of any of that stuff, but, but he if, wasn't he was the most pronounced name. So if he created it, he created it under the Marvel name at the time and he just happened to be the guy doing the storytelling. Right. Okay, so Marvel always owned like he doesn't own. He Marvel. he had parts of Marvel, and then he sold out part of his stuff and his characters, and um, but he's always been the face of it, who drew and created these characters for a Marvel. That like, he was like in the movies and stuff, and right? Like yeah, little cameos. Yeah, and, little um, cameos. But it's all it's all Disney. So Disney bought up Marvel. Disney bought up Star Wars, which came with Indiana Jones, like all these yeah. other franchises. They they have Avatar, Pirates like, of the Caribbean, and all yeah, that. All, all of that. So it's just a, a massive, massive entertainment thing where like. They started making their movies years ago, right? With your your animation, 101 Dalmatians and all that. Wasn't like Pixar or Apple? Yeah. And or then, or and then, was and then sold off to Disney? Yep. yep. Um, or Steve, was it ever Apple? Steve Jobs did Steve it. Steve Jobs. But was, there were two different companies at the time, right? They sold uh, off Pixar? Yeah, they sold it off. Yep. Because when you start like looking at all, like how all those like intertwine, it's incredible. Like the holding companies that own so many of these companies that we know and like name brands, but right. they're part of a larger conglomerate. Um, but yeah, the, uh, I think that the nostalgia stuff's like, it all just comes back and you start seeing like, they just came out with the, uh, I haven't watched it. I really want to watch it, but the Christmas story, like the, they just, they redid, not oh, redid. It's a sequel. Like, it's a sequel, but the same characters. Right. So there was, and I'm, I haven't seen this, so I didn't realize it. Cause again, going back to the pub and we're playing Christmas music every, every time we're like or Christmas movies, I should say. And there's a Christmas story two, which I didn't even know was a thing. Like there was Christmas story, Christmas story two. Same. And now this one's a Christmas story story or a story Christmas story. Is Christmas story two, the same characters. Yeah, I believe so. Is it? I, but I, that was, that was years ago. So this one is a one where, you know, he's an adult now. Correct. But it's Peter Billing, Billinger yeah. or whatever his last name is. Yeah. So Chris, Christmas story two, I Christmas, a uh, Christmas story two, 2000. Okay. So a Christmas story. That's the original. Yep. A Christmas story two came out in 2012. And then a Christmas story Christmas. I don't think, yeah, but see, I think the one that came out a decade ago. Yes, yeah, so this is what I was. Yeah, so the one that came out a decade ago 
was not the same same character names, not the same people. Right. I believe this one actually has the characters that were in the original back as adults. Yeah, I know I saw on the the promo for it was the the same kid um, was back as an adult. So. But I think like flicks back. I think the only one, Peter Billingsley. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot a lot of different ones that came back, but I think like the old man passed away and I feel like the, I think they might've used the same house too. I might be wrong on that, but the house is still up. It's like a, it's yep. like a museum now or whatever. Right. You can go check it out. But, but when you see stuff like that come back, like I get excited for that, even though there are a couple letdowns, like they came out and I was different characters, but they came out with like the Sandlot too, mm-hmm. which I had no, like I, I'm such a big Sandlot guy when I was a kid. That was like such a okay. coming of age movie for, for my, like around the time I was, I was almost the same age as the characters. Um, then they came out with the number two and I had like no interest. Cause like sometimes you don't want to ruin the original. Yeah. So you almost like avoid the second one because right. you're like, listen, if you screw this up, like my childhood, my child, my adulthood is like really look like they did a live version on TV for the Christmas story a couple years back. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. I was all excited because they're going to just do it. But as a live thing, the guy that played like the, and you've seen the movie, like the old man, you know, yep. like they call him the old man. He doesn't have a name. They just call him the old man. And like, he's an old guy, almost to the point where he could be the grandfather. And he's like this rough, like mid- Midwestern guy. The guy in the, the actual live movie was like this Spanish conquistador, like good looking guy, Spanish. Like I'm like, this isn't the same guy. <laughs> and I'm like, doing? you completely ruined the movie. What, what am me. I watching? Right. Yeah. Cause I, I want the, I want the like grumpy old man. Like I, right. like, that's what you, basically what you're looking for. Like they just, so there's certain things like that. I'm like, it's a storyline, but like, like sometimes the characters, it's hard to replicate cause there's such iconic people that yeah. it's like, you have that like typecast in your head. It's like, that's the, it'd be like watching the office. I'm like, Steve Carell's not on. They have some other random dude. I'm like, that's not Michael Scott. Like no. you need, you or need- like they do a Golden Girls remake and it's all dudes. Be like, what, what are you doing? Like, well, I, they do it with Ghostbusters. Yeah, and that they, was a total yeah. flop. And I'm like, I, I, I have no problem with like trying to do a, like a female version of it. But I said it's hard to replicate some iconic movies because that's like it's just it's iconic for the movie, not necessarily like who like or who plays it and the iconicness of it. Well, and being like um, again growing up with it, like I always I never felt like I didn't think the gender had anything to do with it because I can remember like. Um, Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. Oh, yeah. And, like, she was, like, just a badass. Yeah. Like, and I, I could just remember that from the 80s. So there was never, like, like you could be whoever. You don't need a male version no, of that. You didn't, no, you didn't. No, or, like, uh, or Sarah Connor from Terminator 2. Like, there was all of these, like, cool things that were, there were these leading ladies that I never really thought one way or another. Like, yeah. okay, she's cool in Aliens. Harrison Ford is cool in Indiana Jones. Like, there's not a need to be, like, whatever. It's just a lack of... Um, proper storytelling, I think, is what kind of like, or I don't know. I, I, I probably, unfortunately, it's probably trending in saying that, like this demographic likes this more based off from like monetary, right? That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I just it, there's there's certain roles that I'm like, I just want to see that person play it. Like, I don't want to like just like make a whole new story. Like, just right. which is cool. Like, but like some of these old iconic movies. And I'm all for, like, I don't mind things changing and stuff and trying it out. But, like, some of these things just turn into flops. Like, how much did you build up this? And then it's just like, yeah, but we like, like, again, the Christmas story. Like, I just like that's an old, nostalgic, like, 80s Christmas movie that still, like, holds up today with jokes and everything right. else. And, um, like, the mom in that in, and the dad in that are, like, two of my favorite characters. Like, you couldn't replace either of those characters because they're, like, they're so perfect in, like, their delivery. Like, I almost think you could replace the kids. Like, the, I thought the mom and dad in that movie are, like... 
almost are the best part of the movie at times. Right. They have such like a supporting role, but like such an iconic role of the family. But um, no, I think it's, that's like my nostalgia aspect. Like my kids this morning watching Home Alone. Like I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll be a little bit late to school. We'll watch right, Home Alone right, or daycare right. or whatever. Like that's, you know, certain things just stick out. But like imagine making a Home Alone now with like, well, Some, they, they did more, like, to me, like, once Macaulay Culkin wasn't in it. Like, so Home Alone 1 and 2 is are the only Iconic. One, yeah, yeah. That, that, those are the only ones that I'll watch. Correct. They might have, like, nine of them total. I don't. I haven't seen anything well, past two. Well, number three was, like, this, like, little kid, like, different kid, dark hair, bowl cut, driving around like an RC car. I'm like, I get it. It's a storyline. Someone tries to break in. It's the same storyline. But yeah, I'm like, yeah. Macaulay Culkin is such an iconic role at the time. And the thing is, with that one, number two... I almost like number two better than number one. Like the story, like the actual like scene in the house is better than number one. Like that's right. uh, it's cool. But like number two, I like it. It's New York City. It's Christmas time. Like, but that's a second. That's a that's a uh, sequel that actually like held up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very well, you know. And I think that um, you know it's hard to do it, but those were made pretty close together. Like those were probably what two years apart tops. Yeah, they were. They like, were. They they knew they had something, and it was like. It did well. There's, you know, there's room for Christmas movies um, because there's there's just not a lot of them. I mean, you're not going to inundate the market with 30 Christmas movies. Well, I in think December. The, la- the last I could be wrong on this. The last like iconic Christmas movie that I think is like in rotation is Elf that a lot of people watch. Is there one that's been out since Elf that like from a comedy perspective? I don't know. I know the one that um, <clears throat> uh, Kurt Russell does with Goldie Hawn or he's as Santa. That one's kind of popular. I can't think of it. I think it's on Netflix. Um, but yeah, the, and that's a Christmas movie. Like, yeah, like I'm he thinking, plays Santa. He's, he's Santa and okay. she's Mrs. Claus. Cause I'm thinking of like the ones that reoccur. Like when you watch like the Christmas story, I mean, my favorite is Christmas vacation, right. <clears throat> but like you get the ones that are just like home alone. But I think elf has now gotten in that like mainstream yep. rotation. Yep. Um, no. So th- those are, those are cool. like, yeah, I, I just find like some of those old movies. Like I like, New storylines and like the, I think this one would be good because it's the same characters. If you had the same characters, it automatically raises up the clout with the movie for me, right? Because it's more believable. But we'll leave that there. Um, CJ, we'll wrap it up there. Okay. I don't want I don't want to nostalgia you too much. Um, but if anybody wants to find you, where can they find you? When are you open? Anything new and exciting? New games in the in the rotation coming up? Uh, so we're twenty two Brinker Hall. Plattsburgh, New York. Our open days are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Thursdays, 3 to 10. Friday and Saturday, 12 to 12.30. And Sunday, 12 to 9. Um, I think we're going to be modifying our hours a little bit when January rolls around because that's when everybody has, um, you know, kind of good intentions and wants to get to the gym and um, save some money. So uh, we might be changing that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we we really like to support – that we've been receiving from the community and uh, just keep in mind that if we're kid friendly uh, at all times, uh, bring the family down for, you know, food, drinks, fun. We, we have a bunch of things to offer and, you know, keep watching the page We're we're trying to work through once we get our actual two year license with the state of New York, and then we can move on to these expansion things that we've talked about. But um, yeah, we're, we're grateful for the support we've had. Um, we appreciate being a part of the community. Uh, appreciate this opportunity to come on here and to talk with you um thank you for that it's been been it's it's gone by fast um you know if you need more help with setting up the office i'm gonna (laughs) like picking things up and moving couches (laughs) and things like that so i was was gonna say i I wasn't making um my plan wasn't to make you work on today you know i actually wanted to do was so this 
And nobody listening to this, none of you guys are going to know any of what I'm pointing at right now, but right next door to where we are now will actually be, no, actually I lied, like two doors down. This is a bigger place. It's like three times the size we, we came from. So it's a couple doors down is the podcast studio and I wanted to try it. I mean, we can hear them doing that right now. Yeah, yeah that's them cutting and stuff. Like and that, that was literally right outside where we were going to record. So, um, but that space, I wanted to kind of check like the sound and everything and sound should be good, but that, that, that will look much, this, this is actually painted. So this looks good, but the next, that one will actually be kind of like a fun room. Okay. Kind of like, I think what you're doing with your restaurant, I kind of want to do with that. Like I kind of want to like make it a fun place, but kind of like my style and gotcha. It, it would be good. But uh, CJ, this was great. It was nice to meet you. And uh, um, like I said, I, I will uh, visit, but I do want to take you up on that uh, N64. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, message yeah, you on I'll, that because yep. that, that will make me very happy. And that might be a Christmas gift to myself. So yeah, nice. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to be it. Uh, this is episode, uh, oh God, what did it be? 212 of the Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.